0: and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Living a life
1: for Christ, she's a happy girl.
0: In this episode of the Woman at the Well Ministries podcast, join Kim Miller and Erica Close in a conversation as we walk with Jesus. In today's conversation, we continue our discussion on the topic of contentment. Well, thank you all for joining us today uh, in our, another one of our conversations. I am Erica Close, and I'm here with Kimberly Miller. Hello, I'm Kim Miller of Woman at the Well Ministries, and it is wonderful to be spending the next few minutes with you. Thanks for joining us. So we are really excited um, to have this conversation today. This entire month, we have been talking about the um, concept of contentment. And last week, we were in Proverbs uh, chapter 15 last Wednesday, and today we're going to be coming to you out of 1 Timothy chapter 6. And today, if you're listening to us uh, in the U.S., is the day before Thanksgiving. So uh, I think that today's conversation about contentment fits very much in with the concept of gratitude that most of us are keenly aware of in this time of the year as we celebrate Thanksgiving. So as we get started, I'm going to ask Kim if she would read us our passage out of 1 Timothy 6. Beginning in verse 6 and concluding
2: in verse 11. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows, But thou... O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness,
0: faith, love, patience, meekness. There are so many lessons in this passage to unpack about contentment, but let's just start at the beginning. Verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. When we think about great gain and about having much, the most we can ever have is godliness. Right? The godliness and the holiness and the relationship with the Lord that we can possess through a personal relationship with him is greater than anything that we could gain ever on this world, from this world. I think also that the truth of this statement is
2: that... Godliness brings contentment, and that's the great gain. When you are content with the path that God has you on, and you are content to know that he never leaves you nor forsakes you so you can't be lonely, when you are content to know that he is going to produce for you and provide for you everything that you need, then there is a peace that comes with that. And contentment is simply being in a state of peace. And that's a great game because when we learn to be content with God's will and we learn to trust that his way is better than our way, when we truly love him with our whole mind, our heart, our soul, and our being, then we are fully trusting in who he is and what he has for us. And that will naturally result in a state of
0: absolute satisfaction and contentment. And I think it's important that you use the word satisfaction there, because if we're satisfied, we're not out looking for something else. And he says, if you delight yourself in
2: the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart, which is satisfy you. And it's a wonderful way how that just dovetails into each other because when we are trusting God and loving him and believing that he has our best interests at heart, then as we begin to delight in the things that he is producing in our path and the the words and and the commandments that he gives us and we love his relationship that we have with him and we are just so delighted to be in his presence, when that happens, things that we want change. The closer we get to God, the further we are from the world. And the closer we are to God, the more of the world that just drops off like fetters and chains. And as a result of that, when we delight in him, he does give us the desires because our desires become more in alignment with what
0: God wants us to do and be. I love that. I love when you talked about your wants dropping off. You know, I was at a conference for work this week and heard a speaker that was talking about satisfaction. And he talked about a ratio between needs and wants. And he said that one of the most important things that can lead us to live a more satisfied life was to have a wants management strategy. And when he said that, all I could think was Jesus is my wants management strategy Because when I am content and satisfied with him, I can be content and satisfied with all the other aspects of my life, right? I I won't be out wanting to find satisfaction in new clothes, in a different house, in a different paint color, in, um, you know, a different car, you know, whatever it is, all the things the world can say will give us satisfaction, but when I'm content in him, I won't be looking for those things. And as you said, when we're content in him, he will give us right the desires of our hearts. So those things that are really the important things will naturally come to us through him.
2: I love how you say that Jesus is the strategy for your want management. Then the Holy Spirit must be the director for how to implement it.
0: Oh, I love that. Oh, that's really that's really neat. I love that. That's a, it's such a it was it was a good thought for me and I was thankful to be sitting there in that audience with Jesus, listening with a lens of Jesus. Amen. So this passage goes on and it it talks in verse 7 about how we brought nothing into this world and we're not taking anything with us and I'm certain we all, you know, understand um, that that concept. But I love verse eight, and having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. And I think that that verse is just very much in total antithesis to what our world would have us to look for. Right. You know, it's never just our basic needs. The world's message is that we can only be content with more.
2: And I believe that that is what he's saying here in Timothy is that he is enough. And to look for him for your delight, your pleasure, look to him for what satisfies you. And you will have the food and the raiment, but don't put your efforts and your trust in any of those things Or don't let them be the prize. But allow him to be your all in all. Allow him to be the reward for living in his presence. And let that be your goal. And let that be what you're striving towards. I love that.
0: I love that idea of that being the goal. Because I think when we go into verse 9, it talks about the rich falling into a temptation and a, and a snare. And I think, and the next verse talks about the love of money is the root of all evil. And I think that, you know, oftentimes we see that when more money is available, we make, we can make poorer choices. Right? And we can, when more money is available, there is a tremendous temptation to depend upon the money.
2: And the other issue you have with that, if money is your measuring stick, then the, the level has to continually increase because, unfortunately, we live in a world where the value of money decreases yearly. So what you could buy for $10 today, next year will take you more than that. In some instances, it can take you 50% more than that. But... In Jesus, there is no change. He gives you all of him from the very beginning. And you can trust the value of his mercy, his grace, and his blessing to never change. And you don't have to keep wanting more and more. We want more and more of him because... We, don't, we get all of him, but he doesn't get all of us until we just allow him to enter into our hearts. But the reality of it is is that when you are chasing wealthy things or worldly riches, you can't ever rest and be satisfied because every day your stuff is depreciating. So you've got to have something to replace that or the biggest, greatest, newest gadget just got overtaken by the next biggest, baddest gadget. And so you're in this dog-eat-dog, never satisfied, never rest upon what you've got, and so you're constantly in this flux of being discontent. And Jesus is exactly the opposite. His value never decreases Nothing ever surpasses him, and you can rest in him, and knowing that you're a child
0: of him. I really appreciated that you talked about the measurement that that money, you know, if money is that by which you are measuring your life, you have a problem. I had this thought um, the other day, and I was thinking about, you know, what are the the metrics by which we measure our life. And I was thinking about it in terms of data because our world is just different now. There's a lot of data that's available and data that's around and we can look at data for, you know, how many friends we have and how many people like our Facebook posts and you know how much um, how much money we have, and you know how our bank accounts are doing and our stock accounts are doing, and you know things like that. There are so many different metrics that are out there, but I don't want my metric, right? I don't want my measurement to be anything other than Jesus. And I think there's a tremendous temptation in this world to measure a life by so many other things. But I think it's important that we we get to a place where we're measuring our life down to the granularity of measuring the success of our day by how much time we spent with D- Jesus. Amen. By how much time we spent in prayer, by how much time we spent encouraging other people, right? I think that we have to change the metrics. And I believe that as Christians, we're call- called to a completely different Measuring system, amen. You know than than those without Jesus, and I think it's incredibly important that we start looking at it that way because we measure things all day, right? We measure gas mileage, we measure distance, we measure our weight, we measure things all day, but those are not important measurements or metrics.
2: Bible says that you will know that you are my disciples because you have love one for another, and we measure our love by the amount of sacrifice. We're willing to do for someone, and the service we do for them, and perhaps if we just took a little, just a little surface review, we would see that we could start by loving people more deeply and completely.
0: Absolutely, I think that leads right into that last verse in First Timothy six that we're looking at in verse eleven. But thou, O man of God flee these things, the, flee, the things we're fleeing is the things that come with the love of money as the root of evil. So, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Those are good metrics. Amen. I love
2: that he says, flee those things. And I believe that's anything that's worldly, anything that's not of God. And we fill our lives so much, with so many things. And sometimes the things that we feel are blessings to us are hindrances because they get in the way of us perhaps really serving the Lord. And I say that, like, for instance, anybody who knows me knows how much I love sports. But there are some times that sports will battle because I'm supposed to be in the church uh, at a certain time, and the biggest match is on. Um, and the Lord has certainly defeated those battles in my heart and mind. But what I'm saying is, you know, having those things that are wonderful can also be stumbling blocks. And we have to allow God to manage our wants. Mm-hmm. Because just there's nothing wrong with the sport, it's just where does it fit in my hierarchy and prioritization of my walk? And that is, I believe, a tool of the devil. He takes innocent things and perverts them. And we allow him because we have the wrong
0: strategist
2: dictating our life. I love that thought,
0: Erica. And I've loved this verse. It's been a great verse. And I'm really going to think about this Holy Spirit as the strategist for my want management strategy with Jesus being the strategy.
2: That is a fantastic thing. And the, and the Holy Spirit is a capable, willing, and unsurpassed manager of our lives. We just have, or director, we just have to follow. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that you are more motivated and inspired to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and to follow God's will for your life. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you.
0: Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store, or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com/watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our heavenly Father. And it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the Gospel Group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved.